1: Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On
0: Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. I'm Herb Lawrence. Eckner Wall 23 is the way you can follow me on Twitter. At Chris Tannehill is the way you can find Chris Tannehill. And at Locked On Sox is the way you can follow our show on Instagram, Twitter, Twitter and YouTube. Go there and subscribe. 312-566-8727 is the way you can leave a voice message or socks at gmail.com. Old school email.
1: Without any further ado, it is Chris Tannehill. Chris, your evening's going well? Oh, it's just fine. A bit of a frustrating day for White Sox fans out there. And another just mentally exhausted because of all the things that came along with it. And uh, here we are. It's, we're brought to you today by Locker Room. Download the locker room app from the iOS app store and find one of our locked on rooms. Locker room changing the way we talk sports. All right, so yesterday afternoon the White Sox were losers by a score of four to nothing. Failing to sweep the St. Louis Cardinals and just quick footnotes, uh, my apologies to everyone, all you late-nighters who uh, missed yesterday's recap because I scheduled to, to post it on a uh, different day, which is uh, not my intention, uh, but someone called it to my attention very early yesterday morning, so I was able to get it up there, uh, but I'm sure a lot of you guys who, uh, the night shifters, probably missed our recap when, uh, when we normally do it, so apologies in that regard, but uh, this one, I'm sure you've been waiting for us to recap, uh, a game that occurred yesterday 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 afternoon, and uh, the Sox didn't uh, put forth the best effort, but there is some news that came out of this one for the White Sox. Uh, Hamstring issues galore on this roster. The injuries continue to pile up for the Southsiders, and uh, coming out of this game, uh, I almost uh, had a heart attack seeing what happened to uh, Michael Mm -hmm. Kopech out there today. That was uh, quite a thing that happened there, and Michael Kopech's relief appearance, he, in the final out of the inning, he it looked like he had been shot out there on the pitcher's mound, the uh-huh. way the way he fell to the to the mound. And uh, you know, first they're like, "Oh, maybe just you know, rolled an ankle or something." And then you look at it over and over and over again, and people were weighing in saying, "Oh, it's an Achilles non-contact injury. This is an ACL." And for you know, I didn't care what happened the rest of that ball game as we all awaited the news on Michael Kopech, but as it turned out. Um, just uh, another hamstring injury. He's day to day. I would expect that he's going to be put on the IL. Maybe a retroactive situation, just to you know have another guy in that bullpen that's already a bit overtaxed of late. And then Adam Eaton, also with a hamstring issue. So they got problems in uh, in the areas they can at least afford to have these type of injury issues. Another outfielder down. So I expect uh, maybe Adam Engel will get that call up soon. We'll we'll switch out Adams. And uh, we'll see how that works. But that was uh, quite a jarring experience watching that Kopech thing go down, man.
0: Yeah, and I could see why people thought that he possibly had a um, Achilles because, yeah, it looked like he actually got shot. And that's what I think about when I think about Kobe. Same thing, Kevin Durant, uh, Dominic Wilkins had the same type of reaction. I was like, oh, this is not good. One of our best pitchers this year, young stars already missed two plus years of uh, service, and he's going to be out for extended periods of time. He might still, you know, with a hamstring soreness, be out for a ten day IL stint. That's what I'm thinking. But when I heard that news, I was like, oof, oof. it was. I thought I was hope I was hoping for the best and thinking the worst, and for only to be a hamstring soreness. I am very grateful that he is going to just get some rest, and be day-to-day. Oh, man, so such a relief with this White Sox and all the injury things that are going around the league. It's an epidemic. It's weird.
1: Yeah, it is very weird, and I I don't know what you can trace it back to because they had a pseudo-normal spring training. Uh, We all know what happened last season. I don't know, maybe it's just one of those fluke years where... You know, maybe the, the White Sox will have a, a break go their way, so to speak, because, you know, we, White Sox have been unlucky with the injuries more so than most other teams. But I assure you, folks, that a lot of other teams are going through this stuff right now. But maybe, like I said in a previous show, it'll just be whoever the last team standing, whoever is the healthiest uh, come October, you know, whoever gets the injuries out of the way, because every team seemingly has had. Uh, an injury to a star uh, you know all differing timetables but you know we'll, we'll see how this thing shapes out for the uh, injury ridden White Sox and you know it'll be nice to get Adam Engel back for sure but I think this just you know amplifies the, the needs at the trade deadline uh, you know I, I was hoping today that uh, they weren't going to need two right-handed arms out of that bullpen uh, given that Jose Ruiz has kind of uh, shown what he is and what we all suspected he is he uh, gave up uh, three runs in that ninth inning today, and he is not a high leverage reliever. I think we know that at this point. He's, he he tells you everything you need to know. And then, you know, with Kopech going down, and they needed a right-handed arm anyway, I think. And now I think with the Evan Marshall struggles, and I, I've got faith in him that he can turn it around, but, yeah, they, they've got some needs at the deadline, and uh, fortunately there's still another two months to go here with a ton of teams still in it. So we'll keep you... Uh, Abreast of all those possible rumors and things that happen, but not a lot of transactions going down as far as teams that are are willing to start selling off parts. So you have to make best with what you have. And the White Sox didn't do much of anything today offensively. As a matter of fact, they did nothing. No runs, and left on base a problem. Runners in scoring position a problem. Like when when this team doesn't hit, boy, do they not hit? <laughs> they're they're pretty much feast or famine lately. And, you know, you, you know what? Let's just start with the positives. Why break uh-huh. form? Uh, Carlos Rodon. Mm. This was, you know, take the no hitter, put it aside. This was one of the finer outings of the year for Carlos Rodon. Uh, what does he do today? He goes six innings, gives up just the one hit, the home run to Tommy Edmond, the one run. It was earned, obviously 10 strikeouts for Carlos Rodon. And that ERA is at a, just an awesome 1.29 on the season, and if you take a look at the advanced numbers for for Rodon, why he was so good, ramping up to get 100 miles an hour late in that ball game on the final out, I believe it was that that he that he got, and you know just 22 swings and misses from Rodon yesterday it just he's he's just pitching at another level right now and you're again with Rodon you're talking about not just all-star but you're talking about a Cy Young contender and he's appointment television every time he goes out there and he's giving this team a chance to win and it was unfortunate that they could not scratch uh, one run uh, across the board for him
0: yeah and we I think we thought about it yesterday and we're like yeah it's going to be appointment television again and a couple times you get the Lance Lynn starts where it's Good, but not great. And we say, okay, he battled through without his premium stuff. Same thing with leader. I think we said that the last couple times he's battling through. Rodon, that man's got premium stuff most of the time he's going out this year. And it's amazing. From the guy he was, even at the end of last year, like no one won him on the team. He was terrible out of the bullpen. His confidence was shot. Everybody was teeing off on him, especially in that Cleveland game. And now he's just a guy that every time he goes out there, I'm like, we're good. We're really good. We don't have to worry about a damn thing on the pitching side. And that feels really good to be the fifth starter coming in where I didn't even want him on the team. And now he's the number one starter on our team. And probably if we're thinking about the American League starters for the All-Star game right now, if we're talking about that. He's a huge contender, if not the leader.
1: Yeah, I don't see how you know. There's you know certainly Shane Bieber's having a really good year, but you're talking about a guy on a first place team, and yes, the Sox still hold a game and a half lead as the Tigers helping out the White Sox yes. last night, beating the the, the tribe there. Uh, Chris Castellani's happy uh, for a lot of reasons, but yeah, the Sox still a game and a half. Lead with the uh, Baltimore Orioles coming in town, hun, and uh, I'll be out there on <laughs> Friday, and we'll talk a little bit about tomorrow's matchup or tonight's matchup, I should say, a little bit later on in the show. But uh, getting back to the, uh, the the pitching, you know, Rodon was just amazing once again, and if he's ever out there without his plus plus stuff, I'll never know it because he's just using the same repertoire. Start after start, and it's working. And he doesn't have any issues with feel, seldom ever with any of these pitches. He throw, He's commanding the strike zone. I believe they showed the graphic a couple nights ago on NBC Sports Chicago in terms of pitchers uh strike per, you know with percentage in the strike zone and Rodon was among the best in baseball with you know even when he's pounding the zone you still can't hit him that's how how dominant he's been in 2021 uh but then Kopech comes in uh goes one clean inning uh he did, did give up a walk in that inning but he got out of it without any uh, damage really and except to his uh his hamstring there as we mentioned earlier Aaron Bummer got touched again today for a a run, another home run off the the bat of Tommy Edmond. There was a Tommy Edmond show. And Bummer has not looked uh, awesome this year. You know, I don't know what it is. You know, sometimes you just have a a bad day. His earned run average is just at 338 this season. So, you know, he's not having a horrendous season by and large, but he's not looking like the dominant weapon. But again, just off, right? It's
0: like so weird this year where the numbers don't jibe with with the actual Performances you see out there. And I think somebody was talking about that today. Where if you look at the White Sox bullpen numbers, you're like, oh, that's actually looking solid. Yeah. But we know better. We've seen these guys struggle from time to time. And I don't know. You know, they're gonna falter from you know time to time. But Bummer hasn't looked like the dominant guy, especially giving up a home run to Tommy Edman. Tommy Edman.
1: <laughs> you know the thing with Bummer. I, this is just purely anecdotal, and without looking at a game log, it's something that I'll take a look into maybe this weekend just to see. You know, you can obviously see what's going on with, with the stuff if you want to take a deep dive into it. But just in terms of usage, I, I'm, I'm just anecdotal here off the top of my head. It seems like, I could be wrong, but it seems like we have not seen him deployed in many of those situations where we had been accustomed to in seasons past where he was he's your hammer that you bring in. Uh, in in the 7th uh, or 8th inning you know this he's been used a lot tie game situations um down by a run situations like like you saw yesterday so i don't know what it is i don't know if it's a mentality thing That this guy's been a good soldier for a number of years uh, even when the team wasn't good it, you know just used in a bunch of different situations but i wonder if it's an adrenaline thing cuz he's he's not overpowering anyone, and when you're giving up a home run to Tommy Edmond, uh, you know, maybe it's just, you know, sometimes guys are allowed to have a good day, but certainly not encouraging for Bummer, but that's, they gotta get him figured out, man, because he's such a great weapon, especially now what we found out about Garrett Crochet uh, you know, being a uh, uh, in a glass case, so to speak. And, you know, you, you don't have many dominant left-handed arms in that in that bullpen. You need Bummer to be that dude. So hopefully he can right the ship here. And then, of course, I mentioned Jose Ruiz coming on. And what was pretty much the game was lost already at that point. You knew what it was. Uh, the White Sox only uh, – Getting zero runs, and I don't think that's enough to win on a typical night. So, we're not going to blame too much of this on Tony when you score zero runs, but I do want to talk about this offense, Herb. So, White Sox bats struggled yesterday. We'll talk about some of the bigger issues looming here with the White Sox offense and how the lack of depth in the outfield is really killing them right now. That's next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Wealthfront. You know, stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax-loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Weatherfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash Locked on MLB. That's wealthfront.com slash on MLB. All you need to get started is 500 bucks. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000, man, slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings, go to wealthfront.com slash MLB and get started today. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by rockauto.com. Folks, summer's coming. You better start planning those road trips if you haven't already. I know I've got three or four in mind all ready to go for this summer, but before where I go anywhere. I need to make sure that my car is running the way it should. And if I need any parts for my car, I know there's only one place to go, and that's our friends at rockauto.com. Because there's so many different makes and models of cars these days, it's become impossible to find all the parts that your car is going to need at your traditional chain storefront. You go in these places, and you ask the person behind the counter, and you sit there, and you wait in line, and no one wants to wait in line in a store these days. And they punch up the stock that they have on their computer only in their warehouse only. Why limit yourself? To to those limited choices when you have access to the most vast library of auto parts online at rockauto.com our friends at rockauto.com they're a family business and they've been serving customers just like you and I online for over 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers rockauto.com has got everything from engine control modules to brake parts and tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or daily driver get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered right to your door and best of all the Prices at rockauto.com, they're always going to be reliably low, and the same for professionals and do it yourselfers. They're not like these big box chain storefronts. Why spend up to twice as much when you don't have to? Go to rockauto.com, and when you go there, please do me a favor write locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that your friends at Locked On White Sox sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need only at rockauto.com. Couple issues here, and you know, you look at these numbers. Runners in scoring position, the Sox were 0 for 10 with 13 men left on base. And, you know, that's pretty 50. staggering. Um, but you look at there's one guy in this lineup uh, mm. over the last seven games, and it's weird, or seven games, that's about a week ago. And I'm trying to remember if there was something mm. that happened about a week ago with your mean Mercedes. Uh, I think it was Ryan McGuffey who tweeted th- these numbers on your mean the last seven games, hitting just 160 in uh, four for 25 just four singles, one run batted in, and four strikeouts. And yesterday, your mean left a small village on the base pass, left 10 on base. And that's certainly not something that's going to happen often throughout the course of a year. And sometimes you just have a bad day. But I, I don't want to say that it was what happened a week ago, but... Right now, that's the trend. Everything's pointing back to then because Jermaine was was you know certainly was tapering off a bit. But who could keep up with that pace that he was on? But now it's a combination. I think of possibly what happened with Tony last week. Maybe getting into his head a little bit. Um, that was his first time at at the at really at a professional level where you have your manager just in straight up defiance of what you're trying to do, and that can be a hard thing for a rookie. I would imagine even at the age of 28, is trying to navigate your way through the league finally catching up with you and then your manager just being an active roadblock into your, in terms of your mental success. But I think it's a combination of the two things. But pitchers are starting to figure out your mean a little bit. Uh, nothing really hittable in the zone. They're climbing the ladder on him with the, with the fastball, and he's, sometimes he can catch up with one. But most times you're not going to be able to do that, especially when you're scuffling and when they're hitting all quadrants, when they're going low and away a ton on your mean, that's not a good recipe. And right now they're exploiting him uh, at a ridiculous level.
0: Yeah. And I think that if I had to put a number on it, it'd be more that he is getting worked by pitchers. And this was a natural thing that was going to happen where he's going to fall off the table because firstly, he's a rookie. Secondly, people are doing adjustments to him. But also, the coincidence or not, I think that the Tony Larusa thing does play dividends right there. He's a guy that toiled in the minor leagues. And as we said last year or last week, it is vital to him to get support from everybody. A guy that's been in the league for 10 years in the minors and finally getting a shot and finding success and everybody's loving him except for probably the most powerful guy in White Sox baseball right now, Tony LaRussa. So, yeah, the mental strain, and we've heard from Yogi Berra that 90% of this game is half mental. So being a mental thing is probably weighing on him. And we were talking about Aloy the other day. When he comes back, he's going to play. Either left field or designated hitter. So... I don't know if you're your means thinking about that, but all these factors are probably weighing on him and he's getting the national exposure for bad things last week. And I'm sure that he's like, yeah, I'm trying to just forget about that. But there's no way you can. You got old crotchety people like Mad Dog Russo talking about him. You got old crotchety people like Mike North talking about him. All the old. <laughs>
1: That's exactly right.
0: Terrible, terrible. Sports talkers from years past talking about him. And you can't escape that. It's a bad thing. And that's why I was so pissed at Tony that he would do it specifically to this guy. If you do that to Abreu, he could shake it off. Hey, I'm a seven-year veteran. Fuck all that shit. I don't give a I don't care. And sorry, I'm swearing. You,
1: yeah, you let one slip, man. Sometimes it happens. <sighs> oh, God.
0: But <laughs> it's kangaroo, re-
1: kangaroo court fine. <laughs> coffee on you tomorrow
0: needs positivity he needs to be watered and to grow (laughs) as a baseball player and to have your own guy rooting against you and telling the other team pretty much giving them permission to throw at you and then saying they handled it the right way it has to be it has to be a hundred percent weighing on his mind and the struggles can be like, okay, I was already struggling because their pitchers are adjusted to me. Now I'm in a spiral because he just can't hit. 100 is not him. We all know that. We've seen that he's a professional hitter. Even when he gets a tough pitch, he can battle that off and follow it off until he gets his pitch and put it into play. So, yeah, I think that probably needs a couple days off. Relax, get his mind clear, and his manager needs to go in and apologize to him or say some words of encouragement to him because he caused this crap, partially caused this crap. And I would love to hear from his general manager, but that guy's hiding or his executive VP of baseball operations, but that guy's hiding. But they're, they caused their own problems with one of their best players that have been carrying them the whole year. He's still their best hitter right now on the team OPS wise, but, He's falling off the table.
1: Uh, Scott Merkin uh, covers the White Sox from MLB.com. Had a conversation with Evan Marshall along the lines of, of this type of stuff in the clubhouse chemistry, and Yermin was a big talking point. And these quotes uh, from Scott Merkin's piece from Evan Marshall, quote, We don't have to agree, but we are united. A 3-0 swing in a blowout game is not going to cause a divide in our clubhouse. So let's say it got blown out of proportion a little bit. Your mean is a hell of a player, and we're so happy to have him on our team. We want him to act like him, and that's all fine with us. And then uh, also in that piece, it was revealed uh, that Tony said this to them. Tony said, I want you guys to manage the clubhouse. I want to call the plays. I want to worry about baseball. So Tony has empowered the players. And so now this whole I thing – yeah, go ahead.
0: <laughs> I don't know why he's talking for that. If he wants the players to manage the clubhouse – They were doing that perfectly fine. Shut up. They were having an enjoyable time stomping a mud hole in the Minnesota effing twins until you had to step up and talk. So just shut up. Put the lineup out there. Grab a good seat. Enjoy yourself just like Terry Crowley. You can't come up and hit a home run later on. But (laughs) enjoy it. Talk pre, talk post, and, and go home. Have a nice glass of wine. Enjoy this ride.
1: Terry Crowley's lucky's lucky he's in baseball. Um, <laughs> real quick, I saw, you know, you mentioned giving Jermina a day off. I saw some hand-wringing yesterday on White Sox Twitter, mm. Joe Ganiscoli, about uh, T.A. getting a day off. And I have absolutely no problem with it. Sure, the lineup suffered today, but this man, you know, T.A.'s been... The, the force, the presence at the top of the lineup every day in the middle of all the success that this team has had. And I have no problem, even in a situation where it, it it looks like, oh, man, you could benefit from a former batting champ coming up in a pinch hit role here. I'm I'm a firm believer if you tell a guy he's getting a day off, he gets the day off. How do you feel about that?
0: 100%, especially a guy that plays every day like T.A. does. You don't bring him up later on the game for a pinch hitting situation. A day off is a day off. Enjoy yourself. Put your uh, regular shoes on. Don't even put the spikes on, and enjoy a baseball game because we need you down f- for the for the stretch. And you're scuffling right now. Nothing better than just clearing your mind, enjoying uh, a game, and then come back for the Baltimore Orioles tomorrow or t- later on tonight and see if you can get them in four games. Guys, he can't play one sixty-two. Barely anybody plays 162, and if you do, you're not going to be good for the playoffs. Hot day after night game. He's a veteran. He's earned this. Calm down.
1: I know it's not a new thing, right? Like Ta seems so young in all of our eyes, and he's just now become you know rising to prominence in baseball. But now Ta is one of the veterans on this team, and that's that's one of the the things that that you grant to your veterans who's in a you know, prominent position. Your st- your shortstop, your infield captain you know your 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 vocal leader yeah i i agree wholeheartedly you don't tell a guy he's getting a day off and then have him pinch hit even if the guy is like saying you know fighting to get at that bat rack to help out the team like sometimes you just need a mental day off and that getting that clearance from the the second you wake up and you see you're not in the lineup and you know from your manager that you're not going to have to worry about it all day that can do wonders and and I would expect TA to come out uh, swinging tonight against the Orioles that, that would be certainly uh, great to see uh, another thing about Tony and strategy this game was decided uh, by a thin margin of, of error here with uh, you know it was only two nothing uh, going into the ninth and it's one nothing practically all day, and we've talked about the issues with men left on base, but there's also some issues here with with approach. And I don't know if it's coming from the manager. One, there's there's three bunts today in this ball game that I counted. And you had a situation where Zach Collins was out there bunting for a, a hit, I believe. Uh, you know, that was I don't think that was from the, uh, the bench. Maybe it was implanted in his mind from the bench, but I don't want my first-round pick out there trying to bunt no. for a hit, no. especially when he barely plays as it is. And then, look, the Billy Hamilton thing, yeah, he he had a bunt, and this is from Dan Bernstein's Twitter account. He was irate. Um, oh, it God. lowered that the Billy Hamilton bunt lowered the Sox win expectancy by three point five percent. It was at forty three and a half, and then it went to forty. Remember that game was just a, a one nothing game at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had uh, Leury bunting in that game as well. So I guess the way I see it is, you have twenty seven ounces in a ball game, and we you know it's it's the, the basic fundamental principle of, you know, quote unquote, money ball or just the modern game, you know, outs are your most valuable commodity and you only have 27 of them in a game. And you chose to give away three of them. Now I don't know how many the manager called for, but it's a disturbing thing when when you're seeing this stuff go down out there because it's you know it's just it's not my preferred way to play baseball. This is not the National League, and it's certainly you know we don't have a bunch of guys who really and does any team really have guys that are catered for this type of of, of play? I certainly don't think so. It's certainly not this White Sox team, but certainly frustrating and I keep saying certainly a lot because I'm very certain of this certainly and I just I just I hated 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 the bunts in critical critical spots in this ball game where you have to have faith in your lineup that they can come through especially when you're only down one nothing I, I was baffled by that what about you
0: it's always dumb to me to sacrifice bunt, as Dan pointed out there you're causing your team to have a lesser chance to score runs if if at the ninth inning and a pitcher's been filthy, it's one nothing, you're losing, and theoretically you just want to get one run just to tie this some bitch up because it's been so hard, you've been scratching and clawing. I could possibly say, Okay, I kinda get it. You just wanna tie the game, you wanna get into extras. But it's also costing you to score more runs to win that game. I just don't like I I get the old school mentality. People learn this when they were children, but didn't learn since we've done studies. Tom Tango, I think is the one that did the, the table of your percentages of scoring. When you have a runner on first and second, no outs or second and third with one out, you're more likely to score runs with first and second with no outs than second and third with one out. So I don't, understand how we haven't looked at this how we haven't imparted this knowledge to our managers to our players and saying giving up outs is a bad thing we don't need to do it what you need to do a productive out and and i know the people are sitting out there what about that triple play that was hit by andrew vaughn i would rather him do that 10 times out of 10 because the process was right he was trying to hit the ball hard and he did and the result wasn't favorable, but I would much rather him do that than try to bunt against um, Araldis Chapman and take his bat out of the lineup and take it out there. It's just dumb to me to ever do it, especially here where they're just trying to give you a game. They had two errors on the, on the day, and that pitcher, while good, has a sub-two ERA, now Gant, he was hittable, and they could have just tried to have some productive outs, hit a ball to the right side of the infield and to advance a runner. Try to hit a ball to right field to advance a runner or in the air, something like that. But just to bunt and get outs there, it just – and in the American League where you have this designated hitter out there, you don't have the pitcher. If you're going do the sacrifice bunting with pitchers because they can't hit, fine. But when you have designated hitters and you have all this offense you're supposedly supposed to score, it's just so aggravating. And those people who love bunts and sacrifice bunts will never get their minds changed because they learned it when they were children and they're so hard-headed. But I want everybody out there who's in the middle to understand why I mean sacrifice bunts suck. It's giving up for no damn reason. And especially when you have a guy on base, that pitcher is on the ropes. He's giving up a hit. And if he's at second, and I hate that we've done that multiple times, Tanny, where a fast runner like Larry Garcia or Adam Eaton uh, or Billy get, Hamilton don't get me started
1: bunning him from over from first to second instead from, of no,
0: <laughs> from second to third.
1: I hate I hate the the bunt from first to second without allowing the fast guy an opportunity to steal. Oh, yes, like there's that too. Billy Hamilton. Yes, the oh. fact that there's many examples of all this. Like it really it, it's it's troubling when you t- talk about the ideologies of of the manager and the team that he's that he has in front of him it's it's frustrating man like, i don't know
0: who put it out but they said all last year in the 60 <laughs> games the white Sox played ricky renceria who people hate and he loved to bunt sacrifice bunted one time the white Sox sacrifice bunted in this game three goddamn times three <laughs> and you see what they scored zero and you results based people be like oh okay the, the sacrifice bunts didn't work so there you'll see it so it's both process and results today that failed the white Sox.
1: uh just i think that's all we can cover from this game injuries yeah yeah just one of those days i think I, I'm, I'm eating out too yeah i mentioned that briefly that they is gonna, that gonna, 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 be, gonna
0: have like no outfielders
1: yeah um hey
0: is it going to be an all back out if you hit it to the outfield for the White Sox? <laughs>
1: well, it, it it depends. If it's respectful for the opponent, I think they can all uh, be on board <laughs> with it. But um, we'll, we'll preview the pitching matchup for tonight, and we'll uh, go over some voicemails here. Can
0: I ask you one thing before we get off of this game?
1: Yeah, sure.
0: What did you think about that whole Gallegos, Joe West thing?
1: So we're already over a half hour mark here. And I think this is one of those things, Herb. I'm glad you did mention it because it gives us a chance to set up a later show. And we've got an opportunity here where we have some off days coming up and This thing, man, this is something that's going to deserve its own episode because Joe West, in true Joe West fashion, decided to make it about himself even after having an entire game and series about himself. But he's like, no, I got one for the road for you guys. If you think you've seen Grandstanding, wait. Just wait. So I'm sure you guys have all seen it. Uh, The reliever for St. Louis Gallegos comes in, and he's got a substance on his hat. And Joe, you know, I think this whole thing was blown up too big too much out of proportion because mm-hmm. i get it joe west sees the thing on the hat i don't think that was particularly grandstanding i don't know if he was tipped off by tony that whole relationship seems kind of incestuous because tony's got friends that came in uh, you know uh, two nights ago to see joe west and you know you know they talk and you know the whole good old boys network thing so i don't know if someone tipped them uh, to the substance on Gallegos' cap. But, you know, it's just one of those things that everyone's got a little substance going. But it was, I think Joe S was fair to say, hey, man, just get a new cap. Like you didn't, we didn't know these facts as it was happening. I I didn't have audio watching it, but you know it was clear Joe West was just like, "Hey, get a new cap, son," which is maybe kind of ridiculous to begin with, but it's a simple ask. You know, if the umpire says you to get a new cap, it shouldn't affect your game whatsoever. And then Mike Schilt gets angry because he doesn't know what's going on. He's not privy to it. And then Joe West just runs Mike Schilt, and then Mike Schilt breaks bad on the entire game, and uh, says everyone's cheating all the time, which is kind of something that we knew, but you're not supposed to say it. And so, I really want to explore this like in its own episode. I think with you because there's a lot of things, the ripple effects that are going to come out of this seemingly innocuous game on the South Side on a Wednesday afternoon. I think we're going to be talking about these ripples for a long time because the game's already at a crossroads in terms of you know uh, we're talking about moving the mound uh, back and up and you know all these 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 luxuries that the pitchers have to their advantage and, and the hitters have not caught up. The offensive part of the game has not caught up to all the the technological advancements that the pitchers have and also the chemical advancements that they have with the things that they can concoct on the mound and, and put on the baseball. So, I'm glad you mentioned it. We won't forget about it. There's going to be some blowback, and we're going to hear Mike Schultz comments in in our in the in its own episode, which I think maybe we'll do next week, or we'll just save it for next month when we go to Pittsburgh and we want an extra day off. So mm-hmm. we will talk about it, no doubt. But what what you know, yeah? What did you make of it? Just real quick, quickly, did the Joe West thing? Uh, Mike Schultz breaking bad. Just the, your 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 brief synopsis of that. I
0: just think that Joe West can't help himself. I was talking to Lucas Smith, who is the Lockdown Cardinals guy, and he said Joe West was over there at third base just bored. He's like, I'm
1: going (laughs) to insert myself in this game. And it was a crackling baseball game, man. Joe West should have appreciated that game.
0: Yeah, so like in the first game of the series, he – Tied the record, so you know he was getting a little shy. <laughs> Second game, he is the record holder, and now third game, yeah. everybody forgot about. Yeah, he was bell of the ball. yeah bell of the ball off. the
1: other night, man, and he had. Yeah. To, but it was a you know he had to have nice dinner resume. It was hot as balls out there too. Like what? Why? Why? Why do you want to extend that game? You know, but uh, it is what it is, man. But I did like his his half-assed heave ho of Mike Schilt. You know, just you know, it's just a ridiculous theater out there. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it because that this is gonna be again. White Sox are going to be at the epicenter of national baseball news, for better or for worse. But uh, it was certainly a, an odd uh, transpiring of events. Um, let's check in with a couple quick voicemails before we get into tonight's pitching matchup. This is from the 312. Howdy, Sandy and Herb. This is John from Brookfield. I'm sitting right now in section 100 uh, in center field. And I got to tell you, man, Billy Hamilton has a cheering section. Uh, you know, I, I figured you guys would like to know that. Have a good one. Thanks for the show. Later on. <laughs> Thank you, John and Brookfield, our, our man on the street or out in center field, so to speak. And uh, yeah, Billy Hamilton. You know, he's he's become pretty popular, like in the clubhouse. And, you know, he seems like he's a fun guy and he's certainly a guy that everyone's familiar with. He's been around a while, but I don't envision him. He's going to get a ring if this team wins a World Series, obviously. But I don't think he's a part of the big picture plans here that that cheering section is going to be really disappointed in a couple months, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, there's going to be a squeeze in. I mean, he has a role where he's a guy that gives you some wheels off the bench. And it's exactly where he should be at all times, off the bench. I don't care how many people are hurt. I know we have a glut of injuries right now. Call somebody else up. Call (laughs) Gavin Sheets up. Call uh, Blake Rutherford up and never give Billy Hamilton another start again.
1: Well, here's another voicemail along those lines from the 219.
0: Danny, Herb,
1: this is David and Chesterton.
0: Why is Larry Garcia on this baseball team? I never thought I would want Jake Lamb to take a bat away from somebody, but I wish he would have. Why do we bunt all the time? I hate Tony LaRuza. Have a good night.
1: Uh, uh, you know, beyond thank you, uh, David Chesterton. Appreciate you checking in. Uh, but beyond the whole, let's let's take shots at Leury Garcia because he's been struggling of late. Um, there there ever. is some good points here. Yeah, I mean, in ever he hasn't had a hit in ever, Jerry in ever. Um, you know, the the, the point of look. Say what you want about Jake Lamb, and I know he's listening. He's always listening, <laughs> oh, me because he says I'm Jake Lamb whenever he calls. But that is the funny thing, though. You think a guy who's struggling, and I know it would be a blow to the guy's confidence if you if you pinch it for him. But that's part of the game, man. And getting a left handed look, I think in that in that ball game last night or yesterday afternoon. I think that that's why you play Jake Lamb in previous uh, instances. So he can be fresh off the bench and give you a, a different look. Like I think there is some validity there and I'm not clamoring for Jake Lamb to get more at bats by any means. But I think if, you know, that's why he's on the roster. If someone's not hitting and they're in a tough spot like that, um, and Leary Garcia, Tony should know, cannot bunt uh, at this point. Um, so that, that, that's interesting to me. And you know, it's just, again, Leary is exposed. He's not supposed to be an everyday player. He's more than serviceable, I think, on a real, on a good roster that as as someone at the very bottom of the roster who can do a lot of things for you. But when he's run out there a ton, he's going to get exposed, and that's what happened. That's what's been happening in twenty twenty one.
0: Like he is the longest tenured White Sox. It is ridiculous. You would think <laughs> that he had success at any time in his career. I mean, two thousand, he had a modicum of success where he had an OPS of seven eight fifty eight. But otherwise, I mean, why do we keep on going with him? I'm sure he's a great guy, Swell, but there's millions of Larry Garcia's that can give you a little bit more than this. I'm sure that Luis Gonzalez can give the White Sox this exact thing, and he's not a veteran and he doesn't make as much as Larry Garcia. Congratulations to Lurie for finessing the game and the White Sox for being a team that is loyal to a fault.
1: Yeah, and but should... this
0: man can't do anything for your team. Luis That's Gonzalez is
1: real... not going to be running post patterns out there in center field. Oh my Jesus.
0: <laughs> uh, like, And people think, oh man, he's really good at it. No, he <laughs> makes some boneheaded plays from time to time. Sometimes in the Minnesota series, had an awesome series yep. last week and we gave him his credit. But overall when he gets the all this exposure and all this playing time, and it's not his fault. He knows the guy he is. It's Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams' fault for putting him on the team, and then Tony Larusa for putting him in the starting lineup. I don't know if I would rather have Jake Lamb starting in center field because he's not a center fielder. Yeah, not
1: starting, but just getting getting the pinch hit opportunity, and then you figure it out later. But then with Adam Eaton being out, you know that, that's you know I'm just that 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 would be yeah. uh, problematic. But yeah,
0: yeah. But so. It's a trick bag for Tony La Russa right now, but find another way, find another solution because he's not that great in center field. That you've got to be playing him or Billy Hamilton in out there.
1: I'm gonna put on my White Sox tinfoil hat here for a second. Just spitballing mm-hmm. here. We're in a safe place. Uh, you know, free of you know uh, of of people that are anti new ideas and we're, you know it's just it's a loving environment here. Maybe, maybe. Tony La Russa thinks that's that's John Jay? <laughs> Do you think that's possible? Like he's gonna get a pair of glasses one day and be like, "Wait a minute, that's not John Jay. What the hell have I been doing for two months?" I, I it's not out of the realm of possibilities. So, you know, I'm sure. Remember, he remembers John Jay being a White Sox for a little bit, and, and whenever he sees him, like you know, just through his through his hazy uh, you know uh, elderly eyes, he sees, yeah, look, that I'm pretty sure that's John Jay who I had for many years in St. Louis. He he does everything for me, or at least he did then. I'm wondering if that, that that's the case, but uh, we're. we're We're going to have to get on the Zoom call and ask. Um, We'll preview the four-game set with the Orioles after a quick timeout here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our new friends at Lucy.co. Lucy is a nicotine company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. And finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Am I right? Lucy.co has been developed and researched for three years to be made for people, not patience lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors wintergreen cinnamon and even pomegranate lucy even has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors cherry ice citrus and mint lucy lozenges and gums are fsa and hsa eligible so you can use your fsa cards to purchase lucy now plus it's convenient and discreet products can be enjoyed anywhere on flights at work on the go or even in the gym Look, everyone has someone in their life who you want to get them away from cigarettes and Lucy is the perfect introduction to do so. It's 2021. Get rid of cigarettes. Unplug the vape. Throw out your dip and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. And now the Lockdown MLB Network listeners have a great opportunity here. Go to Lucy.co and use promo code MLB to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's Lucy.co and use promo code MLB at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco Tobacco nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co, and be sure to use that promo code. Locked on MLB. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. There's so many things you could bet on each and every day at BetOnline.ag. It's got all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including baseball basketball, hockey, and even your UFC MMA action. Got a huge series with the Cardinals this week. Before the next pitch, head over to bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the latest news and odds, and you can sign up for bonuses and contest information. If you're someone who likes to play the Dow, you can bet on what the final digit of the Dow is going to be each and every day. Okay. When I tell you they have everything, they have everything. I'm also looking at the hot dog eating contest this year. Joey Chestnut, right now the over-under set at 74.5 hot dogs for Joey Chestnut, for Wednesday, June 30th, 2021, the hot dog eating contest for this year. You want to bet on the New York lottery? You can do that. You can bet on whether or not the number is going to be odd or even. I'm telling you, they've got all your betting needs covered here at Bet Online. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget our promo code, Locked on at bet online. That's promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. So, <laughs> quickly wrapping up here the Orioles are coming into town, and oh, what a time for them to be coming into town. Uh, you know, they are after their hot start, they found themselves here coming into Chicago with a 17 and 32 record. Uh, not great, Bob. And pitching matchup for tonight on paper, anyway, looks like a favorable one for the White Sox. They've got Bruce Zimmerman on the bump. He's a lefty. Okay. He's, so a, let's, he's
0: produced for the White Sox. <laughs> for the, uh, the score, right?
1: No, no. That's another Zimmerman. That, that's Bill Zimmerman. Oh, Bill Zimmerman. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's Mad Dog's producer, Bill. Uh, um, he's two and three with a 5.59 five, on average. So a lefty with a, a, a nearly six ERA. Just what the doctor ordered, I think. with with yeah, I'm sure T.A. will be welp- welcoming in that with w- open arms on Thursday night. And the Sox will have Dylan Cease, who somehow is still just 2-1 and one with a 3-1-8 earn run average. So Zimmerman versus Cease. And uh, it'll be a good start to this four-game set against the Orioles. An important one to, to, to wash away the bad vibes from this Wednesday afternoon loss. But overall, I can't complain. Sox are still in first place. They took two out of three from another first-place team, and the Cardinals did not show it. They did not play their best baseball, but you kind of saw a little bit of what they are in yesterday's game. You know, they're a team that yesterday did not beat themselves. They had competent starting pitching, and uh, they got a couple timely hits when they needed them. I think that's more indicative of who the Cardinals are. So I think taking two out of three, from St. Louis is good, and I, and I wasn't too mad about the game. I was more anxious about what was going on with Kopech. So yeah, you move on, turn the page to the next day, and finally the Sox got some bums they can feast on again. And people are saying, calling the Sox bum slayers, you know, and uh, you know that's part of baseball, man. You beat you beat the teams that are uh, on the schedule, and you, you play them, and you know if you're they be- all count the same exactly. So I don't want to hear any of that. I would like to see them play better. And th- this was based, this kind of this is a good follow up to the Yankee series where they. Played competitive baseball for two out of three games against a good team, and now they had another good team coming in, and uh, they responded nicely. So granted, you always want to sweep when you can get it. And when you have your ace out there, and he only earn, you know, gives up one earned run, like you want to be able to walk away with a victory. But they didn't. But still, two out of three, uh, meatloaf is there for you. And with the Orioles coming into town, and we'll be here to break down the final show of the week. We'll be breaking down Thursday's game against the Orioles. That'll be posted at midnight on Friday morning. So uh, that's all I got, Herb. That is Chris Tannehill.
0: Follow him at Chris Tannehill. My name is Herb Lawrence Ecknerwall twenty three. That is for low and spelled backward, 2-3. Locked on socks is the way you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, like that fine gentleman from Brookfield, 312-566-8727, 312-566-8727, or lockedonsox at gmail.com. Looking forward to the Orioles. I'm looking forward to Trey Mancini. Great story right there beating cancer and i think he leads the league and runs batting in so and also scouting them for outfield help so we can uh get one of their people like that sent that'd be great to get on our our, our team is
1: delman young still there <laughs> What about Adam Jones? Is he there? Adam Jones in his prime? Do they have him still? That'd be nice. Uh, that'd be really nice. Uh, yeah. Can we
0: get? Can we get a? Uh, is um what's his name? Brady Anderson. Huh? Brady is, Anderson. Is, <laughs> uh, is uh, Jonathan Scope still playing second baseman there?
1: He is not. Uh, okay, uh, but he is on every team the White Sox play. I think it seems Definitely. like they flick out Jonathan Scope, but always coming into town raking against the White Sox. So yeah, no, a, no a, such. thing. David Segui. I don't know if he was an Oriole or not. A-Rod dropped a David Segee reference on Sunday Night Baseball, talking about first basemen who are great uh, playing the bunt, getting all up in your grills, Nick, um, on the first base side when you're trying to lay a sacrifice bunt down. He dropped the David Segui reference. So that was twice in, in one week I've heard a David Segee mentioned. So Roger Bosa. <laughs> yes, exactly. My guy.
0: Or a Tony Tarasco. Uh, hey. Yeah, so for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. We'll see you later on tonight when the White Sox beat the Oriole. Yeah, Ooh. I said it. Oh, I shit. said it. Oh, shit. Not a guarantee, but we're going to beat the goddamn Orioles. We only have one really tough game in the series, and that's what John means business. He's a uh, Natron's brother. <laughs> yes, I don't, I don't think uh, so.
1: Maybe from a different mother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yes. About, about the same, though. So thank you for joining us on Locked on Sox.